Amen. What a great way to start the service. Let's stand together and let's worship. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. All right, let's sing this together. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to Jesus. 
trust in Jesus this morning. Amen, church? Amen. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, okay, there we go. Good morning. <laughs> it's so good to see you this morning. If you're our visitor, thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. There's a QR code in front of you on the pew or on the screen. If you'll scan that so we get to know you a little bit better, at the end of the service, we have a special gift for you out in the Welcome Center. Also, there's a special event today just for you. If you're visiting or just have joined the church, it's called Discover Forks. It's a free luncheon right after this service. We're going to tell you a little bit more about our church. You're going to meet our staff. It's just going to be a great time of fellowship, and it's free. So if you didn't sign up, no worries. Come and join us for that. But we've come this morning to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen, church? Amen. We believe in what we just saw, the baptism. Amen? One coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus. So I want you to take a moment. I want you to greet somebody next to you and tell them how happy you are to see them this morning. All right, let's sing this together. Open the eyes of my heart. This is our prayer. And open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see I want to see you, come on, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes, sing it together, come on. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you, open the eyes, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. Power and love as we see. 
That is our prayer. Amen, church. Amen. Let's sing this wonderful hymn of the faith. Wonderful words of life. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. Jesus this morning, church. We believe in the name is above every other name, that every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. So as we worship and we continue in song, we can proclaim that this morning with faith and belief that he is Lord as we sing.
Let's sing this together. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. I will build my life.
church. Good morning. My name is James Coleman. I'm the youth pastor here at Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. Now I want to take a second just to extend another special welcome to any of you who are uh, visiting with us this morning. We are so grateful that you've decided to spend this time with us here, here in the Lord's house in worship. Um, as we were singing that God in three persons, I was, uh, I was skimming through a sermon from Charles Spurgeon yesterday. And uh, he, he, noted, he notes in that sermon how we can sometimes uh, misunderstand the person of the Holy Spirit, the personality of the, of the Holy Spirit. And this will be short and we can get to our prayer time. But we, it's so easy for us to look at the wonders of God the Father and recognize him as a person. We can see it all throughout the Old Testament, the many mighty acts that God has done. And in the New Testament, we can read about the life of Jesus, that, that we had eyewitnesses. Over 500 eyewitnesses see Jesus in his resurrected body and he ascended into heaven. Amazing stuff that we can read about and see, but we don't physically see the Holy Spirit in that same way. And so we can sometimes lose within our hearts and within our minds a vision that the Holy Spirit is not just an ethereal substance, but that the Holy Spirit is a person, but that the Holy Spirit is a person that we can interact with. And that's something I think we need to hold on to and maybe reflect on in our own time. But the scripture I want to share as we dive into our uh, prayer time this morning, it comes from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. The author of Hebrews writes, he says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If anybody would like to come up and, and pray with me this morning. We're going to pray for our faith. We're going to pray for the people in our lives. We're going to pray that we can uphold the church in the ways that God has called us to uphold the church. We're going to pray that we would find this grace, that we would seek this grace, this mercy. So will you come up and pray with me this morning? Father God, thank you first for who you are. Thank you for everything you've done for us. That God, you are our creator. You are our redeemer. That you saw it fit. God, thank you that you saw it fit in the very beginning to create us in your own image. And that God, we thank you that you give us value in that image. God, we pray that in these times you will bring us peace and comfort. God, that you would bring us joy even when it makes no sense to have it God we lift up all of our friends and family who are experiencing sickness that God you would be the healer in these moments that you would bring healing to their hearts their minds their bodies God we pray that if death is the answer and that the answer to their condition is to come on home to be with you we may not like it but God we accept it and God we pray that you would 
bring us comfort in the midst of that loss. Bring us comfort in that grief. And God, we're going to lean on you and draw closer to you in those situations. God, we pray that you will bless us in our gifts, God, that we can minister to people with the gifts you've given. If you've called me to teach, then have us teach. If you've called us to prophesy, then have us prophesy. God, if you have called us to open up our homes to people, God, you would help us to do so. Father, we pray that you forgive us of the ways that we have fallen short of your glory. That God, when we have been angry with our brother or sister, then we have committed murder within our hearts. Forgive us of that, Lord. And maybe we've looked upon someone in lust, God, and committed adultery within our hearts. Forgive us, Lord. Maybe, God, we have placed something before you and have created an idol. Maybe we have become an idol to ourselves. Forgive us. For, God, you are the only one worthy of praise. And help us to remember that. God, we pray for our church. That right here in this place, God, you would... uh, move amongst us and may every word every action we take put a smile on your face and be glorifying of you god we pray that our church here would be edified would be lifted up and strengthened because of who you are and the people you've placed here god we pray for pastor todd as he comes here in just a few minutes to uh, to lead us in this word you've given him god we pray that you will speak through pastor todd that you'll help him to recall everything that he wants he, he had planned to recall God, I pray that you will minister to someone's heart and prepare our hearts to hear this message. That, God, someone would draw near to you, that someone would come to know you as their Lord and Savior, that someone would be saved today in Jesus' name. God, thank you. We surrender everything to you, Lord. All praise, all honor, and all glory to the holy name of Jesus Christ, the only name that is worthy to be praised. And all God's people agree and said. Amen. Amen. Thank you, JT, for that beautiful prayer. And thank you again for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. There's a passage of Scripture that I would like to share, and then the choir will be coming to lead us in worship. This will be familiar to many of you, maybe new to others. It's found in Acts chapter 9. Begin with verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. 
the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he had sent a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to people of Israel. I will show them how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. And at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you, choir, for leading that so beautifully. The majesty and glory of the name which is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. So glad that you're here. I always like to share a little humor before we get started. And maybe you've heard the story about two buddies that were talking one day, and one man turned to his friend. He said, you know what? I think people should get as excited about church as they do a football game. And his friend said, I did that once, and they asked me to leave. He said, really? Why? He said, well, at the end of the pastor's sermon, I went up and dumped a, a cooler of Gatorade over his head, and so they asked me to leave. So that was it. Can we sing another song, maybe, or something else would be, would be good. It was on July the 11th, 2021, that I stood here and shared with you a comeback plan that God had given my wife Kelly and me for this church after going through a year and a half of a very difficult and challenging season that was called COVID, but we called it a wilderness period. During a wilderness period, period you have barrenness, you have loss, you have uh, disfavor, you have powerlessness. And I believe we experienced all of those during that very difficult season. My wife and I were praying during that time that God would give us direction to lead our family, but also we were praying for God's direction for us as we are to lead this church. And during that time, God gave us a new vision, you could say, or maybe it was a renewed vision to lead this church in the direction that God would have us to go. And today, through this scripture, I want to share with you once again, maybe the first time for some of you to hear, but others to be reminded of what this vision means for us. In our scripture passage today, we see a very familiar story to many, maybe new to others, but we see Saul, who was a Pharisee. He was a keeper of the law. Uh, he had a, an impeccable obedience to the law and, and making sure that he stuck closely to its traditions. But we also know that Saul was on a mission his mission at this time was to go and to put in prison Jesus' followers. You see, Saul and others viewed Jesus as a political anarchist. They viewed him as a religious blasphemer because Jesus was going against the system. Jesus was going against the law that they thought and knew. And so Saul was on his way to persecute, if you will. If you would look back just a, a chapter, you would see when Saul was present when Stephen was stoned to death because of his faith. So we know that, that Saul was uh, on this journey to persecute and to uh, kill and to punish those who were trying to follow Jesus Christ. 
You know, it's always been the mission of this church to do two things, to love God with all we have and to love people. That's the greatest two commandments, is it not? It's our mission to always love God first and foremost and to love people. But then the vision that God gave us uh, was based around three E's. And today I want us to go over these three E's or to remind you because really everything we say and do in this church, we want it to be laser focused on living out these three E's every time we meet and every time we go out these doors. We want these three E's to be lived out, and I believe they're spelled out for us in this scripture that we read today. First, we see in verses 3 and 4, Saul, as he was drawing near to Damascus, suddenly a, a, a light came from heaven that flashed around him, and Saul was brought to his knees. And as he was brought to his knees, he heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And then Jesus responded, it is I, I am Jesus, the one whom you are persecuting. Get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The first E today is that we need to have an encounter with the Lord. We need an encounter with the Lord. What is an encounter with the Lord? An encounter with the Lord is when we come to know Jesus Christ personally. When we have a radical transformation, when we have a life-changing, life-transforming conversion that we would come to have an encounter with the Lord. It was here on the road to Damascus that Saul, who was breathing out these murderous threats, would have an encounter with the Lord. And during this time, after going to his knees, he looked up and he heard the voice of the Lord. And I think about through Scripture Many instances, we could go on all day talking about encounters that people had with the Lord. But I want to just share a couple of with you. Remember out of Matthew 4.19, when Peter and Andrew, brothers, were fishing on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus comes into the scene. And, and Jesus said to Peter and Andrew, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men or fishers of people and immediately they dropped their nets and they began to follow Jesus they had a an encounter with the Lord that radically transformed and changed their lives forever do you remember when Jesus was going down a crowded street and crowds were pressed in around him and there was a woman who had a bleeding issue she had been bleeding for 12 years. And she thought to herself, if I could just crawl through this crowd and touch the, the hem of Jesus' garment, touch the hem of his robe, I would be healed. And you remember she went through and she was able to 
to barely grasp and touch his robe, Jesus felt the power leave him and even said, who touched me? And then Jesus said in Mark chapter 5, verse 34, he said, my daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. She had a, an encounter with the Lord that changed her life, I'm sure, forever. And then in Luke chapter 23, verses 42 through 43, we see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ dying on an old rugged cross for our sin. And remember, he was hung between two criminals, two thieves, who had been hurling insults at him throughout. But as this one criminal was on the cross, he was convicted of his sin. And do you remember what he said in verse 42 of Luke uh, chapter 23? He looked at Jesus after seeing that this man was innocent, and he knew that he and his buddy on the other cross were being punished justly for their sins. But he knew Jesus was an innocent man, and he had watched him suffer and how he did not retaliate. But when he suffered, he made no threats. He saw that he had entrusted himself to his Father in heaven. But remember what the one thief, the criminal on the cross said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say? I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Isn't that a beautiful story? Even on this man's deathbed, the cross, he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ that saved him for eternity. I want you to know today that it's not too late for you to have an encounter with the Lord. Have you had an encounter with the Lord? Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I had an encounter with the Lord when I was a child at vacation Bible school. I praise the Lord if you did. Maybe you're here today and you're a young person or, or maybe one day when you were in youth group, you had an encounter with the Lord or on a youth trip or a youth retreat and you said, I, haven't, I had an encounter with the Lord. Maybe you're here today and, and you had an encounter with the Lord during a revival. Maybe the weather was hot and you were fanning with funeral home fans and the Holy Spirit touched you and you had an encounter with the Lord, a life-changing, life-transforming encounter with the Lord. Or it's possible that you have come to a worship service here and the music and the prayers and the presence of the Holy Spirit caused you to have an encounter with the Lord that radically changed your life. Or maybe during a crisis in your life, during a dark season, a dark period, you gave your life to Christ. You had an encounter with the Lord that opened your spiritual eyes to see the truth of the love of God and of his mercy and his grace. Have you had an encounter with the Lord? Because when you have a genuine encounter with the Lord, you will never be the same. You will be transformed and changed forever and ever. I want to share with you a couple of stories that, that uh, happened to me. I, I shared it to you early. Some days are better than others, right? 
you know, sometimes on Monday we go, oh, man, it's just another manic Monday. Whoa. Wish it were a Sunday. You have it. And then Tuesday might be okay. Wednesday was good. But this past week, Thursday for me was outstanding. Thursday was a great day. And so I want to share with you uh, some of the reasons why Thursday was such a great day. I wish every day could be as good as this past Thursday was. But on, on Thursday, first of all, let me share a couple of instances. One is I had a young man who's a member of this church that, that I hadn't seen here in the last few weeks, and it's possible I missed some of you. I shared at the early service, you all usually are creatures of habit. You generally sit in about the same location. Unless you want to be like Waldo, and then where's Waldo? And then I'm trying to find you. Like, I missed you. I was there where you weren't in your seat, but I was hiding up in the balcony. So I might miss you sometimes, but I, I try to see where people are. And so I asked this young man, I said, man, we've been missing you. Is everything okay? And, and shared that, hey, would you want to go to lunch with me? And, and I said, I'd, I'd be happy to go to lunch. He even said, I'll, I'll pay and I won't take no for an answer. And I said, okay, you twist my arm. We'll meet for lunch. So we met for lunch. And as we were having lunch together, this young man began to tell me how God was working in his life. And he said, in recent months, I feel like the Holy Spirit has come into my life. And I said, well, you know, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. And I said, so I'm so grateful that the Spirit of God, and then a friend, a buddy, had invited him to Bible studies. They'd been studying the Bible with some other young men and been going to worship and he said, I love you, I love our church, you know, Forks is my church, but he said, you know, I just really feel like I'm growing, and he said, I, I'd love to meet and, and have lunch with you maybe once a month to, to talk about things of the Lord and things, as I'm, I'm so grateful, it was a great lunch, I'm so proud of this young man and what God is doing in his life. Later on, on Thursday afternoon, I received a call. I hadn't been home long. Well, first, I, I got a call that I didn't recognize the number. We're always hesitant, aren't we, to answer the phone when we don't recognize the number. It, it might be a telemarketer or whatever. And so then quickly after that missed phone call, I got a text. Hey, Todd, this is Austin. And he said, I really want to be baptized. Anyway, I called Austin and he was so excited on the phone, and I said, Austin, have you given your heart and life to Jesus? Yes, and I've been wanting to do this. Now is the time. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I said, Austin, when would you want to get baptized? He goes, what about this Sunday? I said, let's do it Sunday. And a moment ago, you witnessed Austin, this young man that genuinely and sincerely gave his life to Christ, and as we prayed on the phone, I could just feel the spirit and the excitement that was coming from him. Austin, we're so proud of you, and I pray that others would want to give their life. That was a great Thursday, and there's one more meeting I'm going to share about that a little bit later, but it was a great day because Austin had an encounter with the Lord 
the other young man had had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, an encounter with the Lord. What about you? But then the second E is to equip the believer. If you look in verses 11 and 12, that there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And Ananias had seen in a vision that he was to go to Straight Street to the house of Judas. And there he would uh, meet a man from Tarsus who was named Saul, who was there praying. And Paul was, or Saul rather, was told in a vision that Ananias would come to place his hands upon him and to restore his vision or to restore his sight because after Saul saw this light, whether it was lightning flashing or a bright light from the heaven, he was blinded. And I shared at the early service, why is it sometimes that it takes something so dramatic and something so uh, powerful in our lives us to see the light. We might have to go through a dark season in our lives before our spiritual eyes are open to say, I've been living wrong. I've been doing the wrong things, saying the wrong things, living the wrong way. And we have our spiritual eyes open. And that's exactly what had happened to Saul. He was blinded, but he saw the light. And when I talk about equipping the believer, it was Ananias's place to go place his hands on Saul, even though he was arguing a little bit with the Lord because he had heard about Saul and, and what he did and what kind of person he was. But yet the Lord said, this is my chosen instrument, and so this is what I want you to do. So he went to place his hands. That's what we're to do. We are to place our hands, our hearts, our lives, and invest in others so that they can grow in the faith. This is called discipleship. Discipleship is the process of becoming more like Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you today, if you are growing in your relationship with Christ, have you had your spiritual eyes open? Do you remember what Jesus said to those first disciples in Luke 9, 23? He said, if anyone wants to be my disciple or to follow me, they must first deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. We know that we must deny our selfish wants and desires, and it's sacrifice, it's, it's unconditional love, it's sacrificial love, the kind of love Jesus showed us. And I pray today that we would equip the believer. That's what Jesus said in that great commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, when he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's discipleship. We're teaching people how to live out their faith on a daily basis in a world which is lost without Christ. And it was startling to me that a Pew Research Center said that there's only 7% of Kentuckians who read the scriptures just once or twice a month. 
7%, and 8% who only read the Bible or the Word of God just several times a year. But that means there are a lot of people that are not growing in the faith because they rarely open the Word of God and apply it to their lives. A verse that I've shared with you that was so um, meaningful to me from the very get-go when I became pastor of this church, I just shared it a couple of Sundays ago, is Acts 2.42. The early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were growing in God's word and in the fellowship of other believers. Iron sharpens iron. And so we help one another through the leadership of the Holy Spirit and God's word to grow in our walk with him. We are to equip the believer. And there are many opportunities for us to do that here at the church. We have Bible study or Sunday school every Sunday morning for every age. We'd love for you to get plugged into one of those classes. We have them for children, for youth, for all ages. I'm so grateful that on Wednesday nights we have a fellowship meal. We fellowship around the table. This past Wednesday we said goodbye to Jim and Louise Miller who have been members of this church 16 years that were moving to Nashville to be closer to to their children and and uh, they were able to share and it was just a moving time as 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 Louise shared and as Jim entertained and it was such a special time of growing together with God's people but we also have prayer together and on Wednesdays there's children's Bible study and youth Bible studies and and there's other Bible studies that are going on, and we pray together as we pray through the Word of God. We're growing. On Sunday nights, after uh, we went through that wilderness period, we knew our Sunday night service was dying. So we revamped it, and that's why on three uh, or four, depending on how many Sundays there are in the month, on three uh, or four Sunday nights, we have these small group studies. Like you could come tonight, and there'd be something for the children, there'd be something for the youth, there would be something for all ages. We have coffee and connections, we have other discipleship studies that are going on. We have table groups that meet in homes where families will discuss a recent sermon or passage of scripture and, and they're fellowshipping around the table and talking about things of faith. But there are many opportunities for you to grow. We also talked about opportunities to serve, but it's our place to equip the believer. We have an encounter with the Lord, and then we equip the believer. That's like Ananias placing his hands on Saul to say, hey, you're God's chosen instrument. I'm helping you to see clearly what's most important, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. The last C is this is that we are to evangelize the lost. To evangelize the lost. After Saul, whom we know is Paul, right? We know him as Paul. And you look in Acts chapter 13, verse 9, it said Saul, or Paul, by which he was also called. Uh, so there are different reasons. Some might say that, that 
Saul was a given name, and many times people would have a double name, or one was Jewish-Hebrew, one was Greek-Hellenistic, but the fact is, after this conversion, he was called Paul. I like to think he was given a new name because he became a new person in Christ. It identified him as a changed individual and that he was living now for the one who was willing to die for him. And so in evangelizing the lost, we read in that Saul was baptized immediately after receiving his sight. He was baptized. He took some food, regained his strength hung out with some disciples, verse 19, in Damascus. And then in verse 20, he went into the synagogues and began, began to preach that Jesus is the Son of God. He started evangelizing, sharing with the lost how they could have hope in Jesus Christ. And that's what we are called to do. Another part of that great commission, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of earth. And remember in, in Luke 19, after little Zacchaeus had an encounter with the Lord up in the sycamore fig tree, Jesus said in verse 10 of Luke 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. So we know that Jesus came here to save people. I'm about to close. You are getting hungry and sleepy. <laughs> We're about to close, but I don't want you to miss this because we want everyone, I pray, whether whatever age or stage you are in life, whether you're a child or a senior adult, whether you are a sinner or a seasoned saint, uh, we want everyone to embrace these three E's in your life, that we would evangelize the lost. Now I want to share with you in closing another great part of this past Thursday. I believe it was on Thursday. One of our members had called to set up an appointment with me, and I shared at the early service, you know, Sometimes you're a little nervous when somebody sets up an appointment and you don't know why they want to talk to you. You know, it's kind of like years ago, remember when you'd have a friend that would call with an opportunity for you. <laughs> I know the kind of guy you are, and you'd be good at I'm like, is this Amway? <laughs> anyway, is this a pyramid thing? Anyway. So someone called and wanted to meet. I didn't know what it was about, but I thought, okay. And so it didn't take long till my friend, my sister in Christ came into the office and I felt her passion for what she does and her compassion for people. She said in our Sunday school class, we were talking about people have different gifts and somebody was saying like Joy Jeffries, I think was saying her gift was evangelism and and somebody said, well, your gift is evangelism. She said, I don't know if it's evangelism. This is what touched my heart. She said, I feel called to love people and to show them compassion that comes from the Lord. And then she proceeded to tell me that the last, I believe it was eight years, 
She and a friend have had a jail ministry. Listen to this. The last eight years, these sweet ladies have had a jail ministry where they've seen 900 inmates accept Christ and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. But that's not all. She went on to share that she now is involved in a ministry at the Isaiah House in Versailles. They have rehab centers for men and women called the Isaiah House. There are several locations in the state for either men or women. And she began to share with me how she and they are taking Bibles to these folks that are in this 60-day recovery program because they come in and out so that when they go from this place, they have hope and a supernatural strength that comes from the power of the Lord. And she shared they even give out sometimes some leather bracelets that say Jesus on them. That's all. And I could go into a whole other story about somebody she ran into it who just said that when they don't know how to pray, she was given a bracelet, she just looks at the name of Jesus. But I was so moved by Rita Jones's testimony that I said, we want to be a part. We want to help buy Bibles. If we need to help buy Jesus bracelet, whatever it takes to see these folks who have maybe made some bad decisions in their life to let them know that God loves them he forgives them, and they can have a new start in their life. So I, I shared at the early, I, I made that commitment without checking with their finance, but I don't think y'all mind if we buy some Bibles, do you? Because I'm praying that we're going to see a lot more people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The fields are ripe unto harvest, but the labors are few. And today, maybe you're here and you've been going through a, again, a, a spiritual barrenness in your life. You, you've been going through a dark season. You haven't been able to see the light. And then something happened. The Holy Spirit convicted you, touched you. Now your spiritual eyes open. We sang, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And now you're ready to receive Jesus into your heart, into your life, to have a life-changing encounter with Christ. And if that's you, it'd be my privilege to pray with you as you give your life to Christ, to confess your sin, ask for his forgiveness, repent from the old. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Or maybe you're here today and you've been a Christian for years, but you really haven't been living out your faith. You haven't grown in your faith. Why not start growing in your faith? so you can share with others. I mean, our lives are to be our witness. You know, preach the gospel everywhere you go and when necessary, use words. So our actions speak louder, but it's great when we can tell people, I can tell you what Jesus has done for me. And if he could save Saul, if he could save Todd Lester, he can save you. Or maybe you're looking for a church home. I say it all the time. We are not perfect. I am not perfect, but he is. As long as you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will never go wrong, I promise. There's no fault in him. So I'm going to invite you right now to bow your heads and let's pray together.
Father, we pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any folks here today that are lost without you, that they would come to know you today, have an encounter with the living Lord. Lord, I pray if there are Christians that have gotten off track and and maybe they've been complacent or maybe, Lord, they've just not been living the kind of life that they know they ought to be living. I pray they would come back home to you today, Lord, where they would be welcomed with open arms and love and forgiveness and grace. Or Lord, maybe there are folks looking for a church home. This is a field hospital for the sin, sick, and hurting. This is a place where we can come together and weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice we can build one another up. So Father, I pray as your Holy Spirit leads that if someone needs to come to the altar today and give their life to you or to renew their faith or to be a part of this family, give us the the boldness through your Spirit and we'll give you all the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing this closing invitation song. It'd be my privilege to pray with you. Won't you come? Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do drink from the well Jesus is calling Oh come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Leave behind your regrets and mistakes Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Amen. I want to thank you for 
being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I hope that you will leave here ready to go out into the mission field and share with others the hope that you and that we have in Jesus Christ. If you are a guest, I hope you will come back and worship with us again. If you're a new member or you're thinking about joining the church, I invite you right after this service to head down to the fellowship hall. You can take the elevator or two stairwells where we have a delicious meal prepared by Family Affair, and it's called Discover Forks. Our staff will be uh, sharing there as, as well as receiving information about the church. We're going to make it as, as painless as possible. We're going to try to get you in, eat, and, and get you out uh, in a timely fashion, but it's going to be a great time. If you are, have questions or want to know about our church family, we invite you to come. Then you don't want to miss all the Bible study small groups this evening at 6, as well as our children and our youth, opportunities for the whole family. I believe the youth are across the street doing s'mores at 6. And we hope you will be a part of Wednesday night. We normally have on Wednesday our meal at 5, our prayer service at 6. This Wednesday night, it's called A Night at the Chapel. It's, everything's going to be across the street at the little church. Preliminary weather report looks great. Bring your own lawn chair. Our deacons are going to be preparing hamburgers, hot dogs, and all the sides. All this is free. It's sponsored by the Homecoming Committee. And to top the night off, the old Elkhorn Pickers Club. They're going to be singing and playing. It's going to be a great night. And invite a friend and come. The whole night is free. Be a great time to get to fellowship with one another to worship our risen Lord. But thank you, church, for being here. Remember how much God loves you and we love you too. Sean, lead us out in a song. Let's sing this again. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. this place. May we share with someone the love and the hope that we have in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.